I'd like to say good morning to everyone. It's good to see that there are a few people still remaining. On the back, on that table where the code is, that we put some catalogs. They are free. If you'd like to have one of our catalogs explain our ministry and also uh, some of the material that uh, we have to offer, just take one. I do not want to take them back to America. Also, if you want to receive our bi-monthly newsletter, if you have not filled out or given me uh, your address, I put um, a little yellow sheet like this on the back. But if you already filled out one, it's fine. Just fill this out. Uh, do not put it back on the table. Either give it to my wife or myself. Write clearly. Yeah, please write clearly. Because if they Put everything in your postal code, everything clearly. And there's a brochure back there also explaining our ministry. I have another brochure I didn't put back there on our health center. I, just not, I do not give those out just discriminately. But if you're interested in our health center, because most people in England is not going to come to America, mostly to come to a health center. Now, we do get people from all over the world coming to our health center. But if you're interested in what we do at our health center, then just ask me, and I have a brochure on the health center. Also, if you're interested in our training school, uh, I have information on our gospel medical missionary training school. I did not put those back there because I know everybody's not interested in being trained to be medical missionary. But if you're interested in our health center and our training school, we do have information with us. Now, I know some of you all received one of these. Uh, everybody didn't receive one, unfortunately. But if you know someone that has one of them, you know, try to get them to uh, duplicate it. It says, food is your best medicine. And I will be alluding to this in a moment. Food is your best medicine. So this is our last meeting of this week. We have uh, been blessed. It's been short. Time go quickly, you know. And uh, so we just thank God that we've had opportunity to be here. Through this week, the very purpose of, of us presenting the program is to establish very simply what we call God's plan. Nothing complicated, nothing mysteriously, but people usually when they come to a health seminar, they look for something sensational. And some of these things you have heard, and like some people have come to me and said, well, I've been following God's plan, but we have found out that there is a lot of room for growth and improvement. And so I believe that God's plan is the only way, and if we are truly following God's plan, then we're going to experience a reasonable portion of health and strength. And if we are having some serious problem, it's not because God's plan is a failure. Maybe, be, maybe it's because we might not be consistent enough and uh, not uh, persevering enough. And so we want to encourage each and every one of us that God is still working on us, but at the same time, he cannot bless us if we do not pursue or persevere in cooperating with him. And so this evening, we're going to look at a subject called God's Pharmacy. And we have gone through this week through the owner's manual. And this will probably be indelibly imprinted upon your mind, the owner's manual. Uh, we talked about uh, the greatest medical book ever written, the book of theology, the book of medicine, 
the book of hope, financial, it's a financial book. It tells you how to manage your money, how to raise your children, how to dress, how to eat. The Bible is the book of life. You agree with that? Amen. And so we have reemphasized that over and over. And we have found out that God has given us a plan. And this plan came into existence way before you and I was created. God established this plan and then placed it in the hands of Adam in the Garden of Eden. And so this is not a new plan. It did not originate with seven-day Adventism. Seven-day Adventists have happened to be uh, the instrument that God entrusted this responsibility. But this health plan has been in existence before there was a seven-day Adventist. And basically, I say, as we know it today, Adam, I believe, was a seven-day Adventist. <laughs> but as we understand the legal term of that, and most people say, well, you keep this because you're a seven-day Adventist. But God gave me a wonderful experience. I started keeping the plan, not knowing the plan, two years before I knew there was a seven-day Adventist. So this plan did not come to me through the seven-day Adventist church. This plan came to me on my knees reading the Bible, and God brought me in contact with his people to just strengthen me. So I tell the Baptists, I tell the Presbyterian, I tell the Protestant, you know, you don't have to be a seven-day Adventist to have this plan. Yet... When you stay close to God, you will become a seven-day Adventist. <laughs> so this plan has originated in the Garden of Eden by God's precious promise. We have found out that God has given us instruction and therefore information for us to live by. And if you need more information at the end of this presentation, uh, if you don't have our uh, if that's not enough uh, catalogs, I will put our website, our email, and all of that on the screen. You can contact us. We'd be glad to share any health information that you need on any sickness, any problems, any resource material. We have uh, discovered last night one of the most profound definitions of disease in the book, Minister of Healing. I encourage each and every one of us to get that book, I believe that everyone should be a medical missionary. That book will start you. It will get you started. Sharing. Share what you know. If you, if you only know uh, that water is good for the body, talk about water to people. Exercise. You don't have to know everything about herbs and plants and all the detailed intricacies. But if you understand the basic principles of these laws of health, you can help somebody. Do you know that? You can go through this country and you can find many people do not understand the impact that drinking water has upon our lives. Oh, just, just exercise. Are you following what I'm saying? You can share that. Sometimes I'll be in the grocery stores and I hear people talk about, well, I have a headache and I'll be looking for opportunities. And I say, you know, that's interesting. Uh, uh, I used to experience those and um, I found out that... Uh, my water intake was not adequate. Uh, do you drink water? No, I don't drink any water. But why don't you try some water? And then sometimes I have a card. I say, if you like for more information, here's my card. Or, you know, you carry a track. You look for opportunities like that. Just like you look for opportunity of sharing the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying? You can be a medical missionary without going through an institution. And so disease, remember this. As we get into God's pharmacy, this definition, disease is an effort of nature to free the system from condition that results from the violation of the laws of health. As we um, 
share it with some of even some of the written material we have, the books. Case in point, you take cancer, which is probably the next the number two killer here in the United Kingdom. Like this statement, disease is an effort of nature. Now, let me share this with you. Let's substitute the word disease for cancer. We'll put cancer in the place of disease. Cancer is an effort of nature to free the system. Because cancer is a symptom. And therefore, cancer thrives on toxic waste. It breathes on filth. The immune system has become compromised. So therefore, it's another indicator that the immune system is weakened. So cancer is a symptom of a weakened immune system. Therefore, it would be obvious to me, once I understand the principle, when a person comes or probably inquire about cancer, the first thing I'm going to do is to work with their immune system and clean them out. Clean them out. Wherever there's waste, wherever there's filth, there will be cancer. Okay? We find even high blood pressure is a symptom and an effort of the body. Your blood pressure goes up because the body is trying to maintain homeostasis or equilibrium. The arteries become clogged up, cholesterol building up, fat is building up. Are you following what I'm saying? So the body is now sending those, uh, what we call that signal. It is a symptom. Can that be cleaned out? Sure. That fat can be cleaned out. There's something very interesting happening in America, and which this is not an Adventist doctor, Dr. Dean, Dean Ornish. is a medical doctor in the United States, one of the first medical doctors that began to use non-conventional methods of reversing heart disease and uh, cholesterol buildup where a major insurance company endorsed him. The Mutual of Omaha and Nebraska, this is a very major insurance company in the United States. And so Dr. Dean Ornish colleagues say his program is radical. But you know what his program is all about? What we've been talking about. <laughs> what we've been talking about. Because the medical profession realized that people's not going to change their diet. That's why they said it's radical. He put them on a low-fat diet, exercise, high fiber, and he is having success with it, and he's documenting it. Are you following what I'm saying? But the medical community would not adopt this program because the average person in America, probably the United Kingdom, will not follow this program. You understand what I'm saying? It's too much making a change. It's easy to take a pill. So, yes, you can reverse this. You can start getting those arteries clean. We shared a little bit on the eight doctors, like sunlight, would help to lower the blood pressure, help to uh, break down the cholesterol in the body. High fiber. We'll talk about some of these things. Um, we find, you know, just like I mentioned arthritis, it's, it's another symptom. Calcium deposit fills up into the joints. The body is aching, now the body is trying to eliminate this waste. So what we do, we take steroids, prednisone, these type of things, as though our body is deficient in those things, and what the body needs to be cleansed of these things. It's a symptom. Every disease condition that you know of 
is a symptom. As one of the brethren was asked me last night, he said, do, uh, do I, <clears throat> uh, how, did he make, how did he make this statement? He said, do, do uh, either the medical community or other people have problems with me uh, because I do not have a medical degree? Uh, are they concerned? And I said, well, I don't know. I never had anybody, you know, tag. But the fact is, is that what we present is so logical, you can't deny it. Now, you can, you can talk about my credentials all you want, but you can't deny the truth. You can put me down as an uneducated man, but you can't deny the truth. That's what they did to John the Baptist. You know, who are you? Who is this Jesus? Not having letters. So I don't worry about that. You can put me down all you want, but you can't deny the logic in what is being presented. Not because we present it, because it is found here in the word. And my wife just presented to you, there's 3,000 non-seven-day Adventist medical doctors confirming the four food groups. We have non-seven-day Adventist doctors is using a plan showing that God realized he's going to raise up stones to testify of his truth because we're setting on the truth. So, so I tell the guy, I say, you know, they can put me down all day, but they can't deny the truth. And at the same time, I do not diagnose diseases. That's what the medical doctors do. The Bible tells me that disease is an effort of nature, so the law reveals your condition. I do not treat sickness, disease. You can't treat. You can't treat arthritis. That's a symptom. That's what the medical doctors, I do not treat disease. We educate people in regards of how to build health. We show people how health is built and what it's based on, and we get to the cause. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you came to me, I said, well, you take this pill, this is going to heal you of arthritis. Then they should haul me to jail. But if you come to me and I tell you that you need to drink more water because water lubricates your joints, and they say, well, Jackson, you're prescribing water, then I would be glad to go to jail for that. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, you, you hear me? And so as you get into this medical mission work by educating people how these laws influence their health, you are in harmony with your convictions as a Christian. And if you go to jail for that, be willing to go to jail for teaching people to drink water, get exercise. You, so when you come to our clinic, we don't look into your eyeballs or your nose. And I, I bring that up because I don't believe in iridology. I don't practice reflexology or acupuncture. And if you look in my book, I'm glad to send you a video on medical missionary work revealing spiritualism. That's a counterfeit. So I don't get into that. If I can't find it in the eight laws of health, to the law and to the testimony, if I cannot find the principle in the Bible, the spirit of prophecy, if it's not in harmony with true understanding of physiology, there's no light in it. I don't care how it works. The devil works miracles. So how you know who's working the miracle? You must try the word, try the spirit by the word. Are you following? I just figured I'd need to throw that in so... You understand my position, you know, not no condemnation to you. If you believe in iridology, that's your prerogative. But I like to make my moderation known up front. Okay? And so remember, disease is nothing but an effort of nature. 
And therefore, everything that we are suffering with, allergies, sinus, lupus, are symptoms. All right? We saw that. We found... <clears throat> Do I still have this on? I guess it probably moved. Okay, let's see what we got. Maybe I'm clicking too much. Okay. We've realized that they are symptoms. And we share with you some of the... Uh, how this works. And I don't have to go over that again, and this is the process. Okay. Treating the symptoms, as we mentioned, is like mopping the floor while the counter still while the water still pour. And that's when we go to the doctor, you take a medication, all he's doing is treating a symptom. You still have the condition. And that's what we're talking about. We also found out that the life of the flesh is in the blood, and this is what we're going to see as we get into the God's pharmacy, that in order to have good health, we must have good blood. We believe that when the blood is purified and you have good circulation, every cell in your body will be healthy. So if you have any sickness, you must be conscious of having good blood, pure blood. And we'll be talking about how we can do that and good circulation. Those are two very important principles in dealing with um, health. Last night we talked about four steps in dealing with sickness. And we said we must ascertain the cause, change unhelpful conditions, wrong habits corrected, and then we're going to see this afternoon how to assist nature and her effort to expel impurities. Come from Minister of Healing. So Nature is trying to cleanse itself, so we want to cooperate with nature. Now, this word therapeutic, this word therapeutic means to have healing properties. And we find that each one of these laws, based on God's promises, have properties that will ensure good health. God heals by his word. We realize that. Psalms 107, you read in verse uh, 19, verse 20, that God sent his word and healed them. He heals by his word. If God said we need to trust him, how to manage stress, we need to just lean all our weight on him. If he said we need fresh air, exercise, we just act on his word. That's all we do. We want to teach people how to be obedient to the word. Now let me ask you a question here. When we teach people, we, or when you and I obey the word of God, outside of health, what is the ultimate goal of obeying the word of God? What happens, what develops when you obey the word of God? Faith and what else? Character. Did you hear that? When you obey the word of God, character is produced. So can you, the health message God has given us, when we encourage people to come in harmony with the word of God, we help them to develop faith in God, and also they will develop character that will fit them from eternity. Even if God does not heal them physically, the healing will continue in the res after the resurrection. Did you understand that? If a person have cancer, he gives his heart to God, 
and he died with cancer. But in that resurrection, that first resurrection, the healing continues. So God's plan works <laughs> if it's taught the right way. But if it's just relegated down to the physical aspect, we are producing healthy sinners to war against us. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? We're actually producing Satan army, getting them strong. When the crisis comes, they'll turn the guns on us. And I'm not about that. That's what most natural health practitioners do. They focus in on the very secular, but God has given us as a people a spiritual message. And so obedience to this message produced character. That's important to understand that. So the therapeutic value of these laws. God's pharmacy. You have your medical book. We get right into the very substance this evening, this afternoon. My wife already established. Now, before we go back, before we go into that, we take your medical books, we look at Genesis. My wife established nutrition. Now, under God's plan, we have stress management. We have fresh air, deep, uh, deep breathing exercise. Under daily exercise, we have also what we call passive exercise. When a person is not able to walk, then there's massage. Are you following what I'm saying? We put it under. That's a passive exercise. There's nothing wrong with massage to increase circulation. We put it under exercise. That's sunlight. We have rest, lots of water, not only internally, but externally. So we put hydrotherapy underwater, you know, fomentation, fever bath, foot bath. Are you following? Sinus packs. That's under water. And then under nutrition, when we get into God's pharmacy, we do not separate. What we're going to talk about is part of nutrition. It's part of nutrition. Because most time when we think of like herbs and stuff like that, we think of like Louise and, and therefore they're a separate compartment. But God did not do that in the beginning. We realized that when God created the food, it contained the medicine. Are you with me? The food that God created has medicine in it. And so therefore, we don't say, well, there's God's plan and there's herbology. We find that what we're going to talk about is under God's plan. Can you see the point? Everything we talk about is to the law and to the testimony. And I'm safe with that. And therefore, you will be safe also as we move forward. So, God's pharmacy. You remember my wife was talking about classification. And she mentioned, I know you probably can't see that too well, but she mentioned Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, and God made, you know, three types of vegetation. Now, God, you know, today we call a vegetable a vegetable, a grain a grain. But God said, I'm going to create grass, you know, herbs of the field, and fruit tree yielding fruit after this kind. And that was the three, that was vegetation, okay? Now, our definition, our understanding of botany and of food is dim. But we got to go back because even King Solomon, the wisest man on the earth, he understood botany. He understood what we call zoology. Didn't have a book on zoology, but he understood those things. So we talk about vegetation. Then God, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 through 8 and verse 15, he planted trees. 
in the garden. So this is basic. You agree with that? Very basic. So you had grass, herbs of the field, fruit trees, all kinds of trees in the Garden of Eden. That's very important to understand. And so we find then, as we move on, as we study the original diet God gave to man in Genesis 1.29, which basically at that time consisted of fruits, we believe, or grains, or nuts. And uh, in Genesis 3.18, God then gave man permission to eat the herbs of the field. So we have the diet before the fall, which is fruit, grains, and nuts. Diet after the fall, which was amended, fruit, grains, nuts, and vegetables. Then we have what we call the emergency diet, which is flesh. Even if, some, if we ever come back, even the sanctuary is the very foundation of our message. The diet is in the sanctuary. You can see the diet in progression all the way in the sanctuary into the Holy of Holies back to the original diet, even in the sanctuary. And so we find God gave a diet before sin, which was the original, and that's the diet he's bringing us back to. He gave a diet after sin, which included vegetables. Now, why did God, and there's a couple reasons, maybe a few reasons, and you might have more reason than I do, but why did God give man you know, permission to eat the herbs of the field. Now, there's a few reasons for that. And one you already know, we're going to talk about that more so. But let's put on your thinking cap and remember that your brain cell, one, can record 86 million bits of information. So let's see, can we get a half a bit here, okay? Some of the reasons. Why do you think God, I see a hand, because uh, we were no longer having access to the tree of life. Okay. The things we have there that we would no longer have. Okay, but why then? You, you're right. But, okay, so no longer we have access to a tree of life. God gave us the herbs of the field. That's, that's true. But what about the herbs of the field? Why he gave us there? Why not something else? Now, remember the herbs of the field. Who ate the herbs of the field in the beginning? Huh? The animals. All right, that's very good. He says that he said there's a text that goes, which in the book of um, Psalms, I believe, uh, we'll, for, 104, and it says that the uh, herbs are for the service of man. Okay, we'll, we're, we're going to expand on that. Uh, Brother Jack. If you go to Wales, you'll find there's large and areas where there isn't any tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's the herbs of the field. Now, let's go back, Jack. So Adam sinned, but, but there was trees. Mm-hmm. There was trees. You know, we're talking about now. Oh, no, I'm not talking about now. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I should have said, I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about after Adam sinned. You know, I'm sorry. I should classify that. I'm not talking about now. When man sinned, let's go back, before you and I <laughs> was in existence, and when man, as he said, he could have no access to the, to the tree, the gardens. I see your hand, the garden. And now God told Adam and Eve that they must, now they can eat the herbs of the field. That point in time. Is, was it because there's certain elements in the, you go, in the herbs of the that's field? That's very good. Now, <clears throat> Brother Humphrey said there's certain elements that's in the herbs of the field. That is very true. 
We'll see that. Good. I see the lady. Lady. Go ahead. That's, that's what Tom. That's right. Okay, the animal. Okay, all right. Go ahead. Okay, and that's what uh, that's what Humphrey was. Brother Humphrey said that was elements there. Very good. All right, now let's. Did I say another hand? Now remember here in Genesis chapter uh, three eighteen. If you look at this for a moment, and let's connect that also uh, with verse nineteen. When God said, thorns also thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Then he goes on, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. Now let me ask you a question. Did Adam sweat before sin? I like y'all very, mm, I had to agree with you all, at least the majority here. I don't believe he sweated. He didn't have to sweat. What? (laughs) Well, What's the purpose? Well, what is the purpose of sweating? <laughs> uh, keep, keep it cool. That's good. You, I can't be, keep it to remove impurities, to, keep, to, to regulate the body temperature. That's right. And to remove impurities. Because someone said, you remember when man disobeyed God, God said, the day that you eat of the tree of knowledge, you're gonna eat, you shall surely die. The seed of death, spiritually, and biologically was planted in our father Adam biologically was he not dying yes he was therefore now God in his infinite wisdom said now exercise (laughs) you're going to sweat because exercising and sweating is conducive to good health amen and if you don't exercise and don't sweat there's impurities that are going to accumulate in your body now, another reason why God also told man he's going to have to dig these herbs. Now, man, prior to sin, he didn't have to stoop on the ground to get his food. He plucked from the tree. He read. Now, man got to get on his knees, always teaching us lessons of dependence and humility. Are you following what I'm saying? That, I believe I'm, th- these are my concepts. You don't have to agree with me. But now you got to get down. <laughs> and that is lessons of humility. Now the final one that we're going to talk about is that as it's been said, there is something very important in those green plants physiologically. <laughs> and that's why we want to look at God's pharmacy. So fruit, grains, nuts, and vegetables, I believe, contain not only carbohydrates, as my wife mentioned, and fats and protein, but they contain chemicals that are conducive to the chemical makeup of the human body that God put there to preserve. God never intended man to take X-lax because in the food it's laxative. God never tended man to take vitamins to build him up because in the food, there's things to build man up. Within God's program, there was a cleansing and building apparatus already. But since we're so far gone, we have to now use some other things that God has ordained. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So food is your best medicine. Ezekiel 47.12. You know that. 
Some of us can quote it by heart. Anybody know? Well, turn to it. Look at it. We're moving. Ezekiel 47, 12. Put your eyes on it so you can remember this. Listen what it says. Ezekiel 47, 12. And by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat. And this is a good text to define the word meat. Whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his month, because their waters they issue out of the sanctuary. And the fruit thereof shall be for what? Meat. And the leaf thereof shall be for what? Medicine. Medicine. Therefore God gave man permission to eat the herbs of the field as you brought out because it has medicine in it. <laughs> it contains some vital elements that we need. I found a very interesting uh, printout in a book. And it, it says food should be your best medicine. And the questions are asked, which has the most long-term potential for permanent weight loss? Ultra slim fast or lose weight fast or fruits and vegetables? Which one would you choose? Most people choose this. Which one alleviates the cause of indigestion? I don't know what you use over in England or putting Band-Aids on the symptoms. Over in America, they use Roll-Aids, Tums, and Melantin, and Alka-Seltzer. So what about just eating probably some strawberries and, and or some fruit, papaya or pineapple? How can you best boost your immune system to prevent disease? Antibiotics or some broccoli? <laughs> Which is the healthiest way to relieve constipation or hemorrhoid? In America, they use Correctol and X-Lax. I don't know what they use over here, but what about an apple? Apple a day will keep the doctor away. Two apples a day might keep the undertaker away. <laughs> apples have high fab fiber. Hmm? Which is the most nutritious, tr nutritious and most easily assimilated by the body for overall health? Bugs, bunny, vitamins, centrium, one a day, or fruit, grains, nuts, and vegetables? I think it is unanimous on this side. Hmm? A lot of people spend hundreds of dollars on supplements. One a day, <laughs> I, 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 I won't say that. Yes, but I was getting ready to say something else. It would be too humorous, but anyway. And so we find them. Now, as we move forward, God gave man the herbs of the field. Okay, I'm going to go over here. Let me just pull, take this here. Okay, I got this out of the Humphreys Garden. You know what this is? Okay. But anyway, just I, but I like the color. It's green. It is green. Look at the luscious color. Green. Now, when we look at this word phyto, you heard that word before. Phyto simply means plant. Chemicals means substance. Then you hear another expression, phytoestrogen. Plants that contain estrogen uh, 
stimulating property. Hmm? Uh, so phyto means plant. So God has put into the foods he created chemicals. Now remember, these chemicals are beyond carbohydrates, beyond fat, beyond proteins. We're talking about the very chemical composite of these plants. And we realize, as we saw in Genesis 3.18, that God gave man permission to eat the herbs of the field. And what I hold before you is a plant that contains a very precious chemical called chlorophyll. You see, plant chlorophyll, phytochemical, chlorophyll in this. Now, chlorophyll, as we know, know it is processed through what we call photosynthesis of the sun, the, 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 the various polysaccharides and the carbon dioxide and et cetera. You know, I want to go through all that chemistry with you. But this is what turns the plant green, okay? Contains this. Now, the Bible tells us, and I have to give you the specific references, but I believe it in probably in the book of Job. It says that the fowls of the air would instruct thee, the beasts of the field would teach you. And as I may have mentioned, when a dog gets sick, he fasts, eat grass, and lay in the sun. That's what he does. When we get sick, we keep eating, lay in the shade. <laughs> Now, the animal would eat this grass because instinctively it realized that there is medicinal property in this green plant. The green herbs of the field contain one of the most precious chemical within the organic kingdom called chlorophyll. When we understand the molecular structure of the hemoglobin molecule, Compared to the chlorophyll molecule, just a little bit, you'll find there's great, almost great similarity. You see some similarity between these two molecules. Now, there's no other molecule within the organic chemical world that is comparable to the molecular structure of the red blood cell or the hemoglobin, except for chlorophyll. And the only difference between these two molecules, as you notice here, is the nucleus of the hemoglobin is iron. You follow that? The nucleus of chlorophyll is, you can't hardly see, is magnesium. That's the only difference. They are almost identical. You find that chlorophyll, talking about boosting up your iron level, Taking an iron supplement is a waste of time. It'll constipate you and pass through your body. But chlorophyll will boost your iron. It's good for anemia. But not only that, but this chlorophyll, within this, we're talking about magnesium, potassium. But we remember that we need oxygen at a cellular level? Chlorophyll. I don't have to give oxygen, you know, therapy, through the nose, through the veins. I just give them some chlorophyll. Now, at our clinic, we grow something what we call, and some people are allergic to certain these things, but we, there's other ways, what we call wheat grass. Wheat grass is simply taking the wheat berry. I, you can grow it in your, on, in your garden, or I grow it in trays. Like sprouting the wheat. 
It grows about seven inches. I clip it. I have a hand extractor, and I extract the juice, even from this, and drink the juice. This is one of the most powerful things we use in dealing with cancer and AIDS. Barley green has chlorophyll, but that's the dry young barley. But what we actually do, we can grow barley grass, and we extract the juice out of it, which is cheaper than barley green. Barley green just have a little more bulk to it, but chlorophyll, the way we grow it, is cheaper. You're talking about, in America, maybe about three pennies to grow. You know, you, you get probably a, a tablespoon of uh, two tablespoons of wheat berries, and you grow two tr a tray that gives you two trays that give you 10 ounces, and you probably spend maybe about 25 pennies. <laughs> That's cheap, would you say so? And you buy a machine, hand machine, which will last you to Jesus come, even when your electricity is off, that costs in America about $50. That's worth the investment. So the machine lasts to Jesus come, and, I, and, and barley green in America costs me $32. <laughs> you see, I don't know what it costs here, but I'm not saying something wrong with barley green. Okay? And so chlorophyll, I'm just, I'm just letting you know that these are what we call phytochemicals. Phytochemicals chemicals. That's why instead of, you don't have the juice, you need to eat it. God gave the herbs of the field because man no longer had access to the tree of life and God in his mercy wanted to give man time because man was physically digressing. So the herbs of the field, the green grass is medicine was to help man with his physical existence. Let's move on. Could you just eat the wheatgrass? Sure, you can uh, chew on it, but you, can, you won't be able to swallow that. You be chewing, you have, to, you have to suck the juice and spit the, the, the pulp out. You won't be, you know, it's not like eating less because it's too tough. You can't digest. The animal can because of the way his digestive system, but you can chew on it. And I use chlorophyll for, for pyrrhea, gum infection, you see. Uh, chlorophyll liver, it's cleansed. Uh, you can even take uh, uh, nasal dish for sinus infection. Chlorophyll, you can gargle with chlorophyll. You, those who want to take an enema with chlorophyll, uh, there's, there's books out on chlorophyll. Now, I did this for the ladies here. I don't know what they do here in England, but in America, uh, we have what we call hormone replace, replacement therapy. Now, one of the most, and I, and I don't know if they sell this product here in England, but just in case they do, I just want to take a, take a uh, time and just explain to you this product and warn you. <laughs> because a lot of women in America is given this product, and now they realize that it should not be. Now, I want you to notice something here. You can't hardly see back there, but when you see my light, that's a horse. This is a man. Now, this man has a sack. Now, this horse is a female. It's pregnant. A pregnant man is pregnant. And the man has a bag. And what he's doing is collecting urine. Did you, did you understand what I'm saying? He makes... This is in Canada. 
This is in Canada. He makes good money off of this. He sells it to the pharmaceutical company to make a hormone, as you already know, called Primarin. Primarin. Have you heard, anybody heard of that? Now, the reason they call it Primarin because the P-R-E means pregnant. The M-A-R means mare. The I-N means urine. So Primarin is pregnant mare urine. That is a hormone replacement that they give women who maybe have a menopause problem, who have had hysterectomy. And now, which, which I, you know, my wife wasn't taking in that stuff anyway, but if I had a wife, I wouldn't dare let, her, let the doctor encourage her to take horse pee. That's all it is. And not only that, but the side effects that they are now, the side effects, there's much more research, the side effects that this stuff is having upon women. And they still promote this. But the women say, what is the alternative? The alternative God has given within the plant kingdom. If you have to take hormone replacement, there are plants that God has given us that has estrogen-stimulating properties. Red clover. You ever heard of red clover? Alfalfa. Have you heard of blessed thistle? Do you get stinging nettle around here? Nettle. Hmm? Rosemary. Licorice root. Have you heard of sarsaparilla? These are plant foods that contain phytoestrogen properties. Now, any ladies that are interested in hormone formulas, I don't have time to give you all of that, but just email, fax us. We'd be glad to send that to you. No problem. There are foods. We have a list of foods that are high in estrogen and low in estrogen. Carrots and broccoli with isoflavonoids. I mean, we're talking about foods. That's why the Asian women eat soybeans. Because soybean is a, has a phytoestrogen facilitating properties. And they have soy products with green vegetables. And when they go through change of life, they don't have hot flashes. So we're talking about phytochemicals. Phytoestrogens. Plants having estrogen action. What we call iso. Flavons, soy products, tofu, soy milk, licorice root, and some of those other plants. Not only you have to live off of soy products, but I mentioned blessed thistle, black cohosh, licorice root, red clover, red raspberry, alfalfa, carrots. Those are phytoestrogen foods. Lick, uh, here are other phytoestrogen. Look at flax seeds. It has phytoestrogen property. These are what we call linseeds. Look at lentils, whole grains, and legumes. Do you remember my wife talk about varieties? That's why the people in Asia, they eat, you know, peas and vegetables. Are you following what I'm saying? But here in America, uh, in the United Kingdom in America, we have a very mono diet. We need a variety. So all of these things here, this is not even a list, exhausted list, just a few things. But you, you know what linseeds are, don't you? You know, you, you like lentils, don't you? You know, you know, whole grains. All of these have ligands. 
and we have these isoflavones, and these are phytoestrogen foods. Let's go back for a moment. And I, you might not be able to see that back there, but it says, uh, researchers have suggested that the anti-estrogen activity of these substances that I just showed you may help to explain why Japanese women who consume, consume two or more ounces of soy foods per day have a far lower risk of breast cancer than North American women. Okay? These phytoestrogen inhibit tumor formation and slows cancer growth. If you have a variety of these foods in your diet, ladies, we're talking about warding off breast cancer. Because statistically, they say, well, you're going to get breast cancer. But you don't have to be a statistic if we learn proper nutrition. It says, for example, many phytoestrogens are strong antioxidants. That means suppressors and can block the potential carcinogenic effects of the more potent human estrogen. And those are some of the foods that I mentioned to you. Every day you need something green in your vegetables. So God's pharmacy, spare with an elf, is the very vegetation. God's pharmacy, local and global medicinal foods. Here's some of the common medicinal foods. That's what I put in the book. We're about coming to a close here. And I will just share with you just a quick demonstration. These are common medicinal food. Can you get carrots here? We, we see that there are medicinal food. We talk about carotene. Not just the carbohydrates, but carotene is an antioxidant that strengthens the immune system for the optical nerve, for the liver, for the colon, and there's many other properties. Uh, we're talking about cabbage. We, one of the things that I love cabbage for, outside of eating it, is that I use cabbage for dealing with peptic ulcers, duodenum ulcers, cabbage juice. We take, now, most people do not have a juicer, but if you have a juicer, you can extract eight ounces of cabbage juice three times a day. Get rid of the milk, get rid of the fried foods, and all the spices. If you do not have a juice extractor, what you simply do is to cut up the cabbage, cut up the cabbage, and put it in warm water, probably, uh, probably a medium-sized cabbage. Put it in probably maybe a liter of water. And let it set for about 24 hours in room temperature. And then what you do, you want to squeeze. You want to squeeze the cabbage leaf and water all into a container. Yes? You can use, I may have used a green cabbage. I never use a red cabbage. It might do the same thing. Yes, but th that uh, the green cabbage will be the best. It's automatically green. It's just that what they do is they take the outer. Well, they have another. You're talking about the the head cabbage, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 That's what you want. And the reason I say this because when we go into countries such as Papua New Guinea and other places, they do not have access to modern uh, convenience like we do. So I had to show people how to use things without electricity. So that's why you can absorb or just let, cut the cabbage and let it sit in water for over 24 hours and squeeze the water out of the cabbage. We find parsley, not only high in potassium, but we talk about the phytochemical, which is high in calcium, 
I've used parsley, which is also good for diabetics. We find that parsley also helps the body to stimulate insulin. We find that parsley also would increase iron. We find that parsley is good for blood pressure. Parsley is good for digestion. Fresh parsley, even if you grow parsley, fresh parsley. Even if women are having menstrual cramps, we have given ladies probably uh, three or four cups of parsley tea to drink. Within a matter of a couple of hours, the cramps disappear. Parsley tea. Medicinal use. Potatoes is very good. We can find, we can, we can, if your body is too acid, too acid, white potato, if your body is too acid, you can take a medium-sized white potato, slice it, Set it in a cold glass of water, eight ounces of water, overnight, out on the counter. Drink the water in the morning. That water would, if you have a lot of acid, it would neutralize the acid. Potato poultice. Anybody use a potato poultice? Yeah, some people use a potato poultice. Slice the potato. If you have boils or skin eruption, put the potato on. It would draw inflammation. Potato over the, the ear, the same way. Uh, I was in uh, Mexico one year. A young lady about the age of 15, very poor, uh, had an operation on the back. They did a butcher job on her. She couldn't walk. The back of her heel was rotten off, and therefore she had to drag. And as we went into the village, to talk to these people, they could not go to the health food store because they don't have the money, or even hardly some of the grocery stores, but they were able to get potatoes. And this young lady was constipated. She ate a lot of eggs, about six eggs a day. That's all she ate. So we didn't tell her to stop eating eggs. We just told them to cut down on the eggs because that's all they had, and drink water. And we began to, we showed them how to apply potato poultice on the wound. And some of our associates, one of my friends, his wife is from Mexico, they live in Arizona. They went back to Mexico. Within two weeks, that young lady was walking. She was not an Adventist, but she came to the Adventist church. She was just happy. The parents were happy. And how that happened, I was just visiting Mexico, went to the church, and they heard that we were there, and they asked me for me to stay. But most people had already committed themselves, and the pastor said, well, Brother Jackson, we might not have anybody around. I said, if it's one soul here in this church, I'll stay. And that's what I did. More folks came, but it was for that young lady in that village. And so we have used potato poultice. We have found onions. Uh, there's a book and that uh, we have. We'll leave a copy here. They'll probably maybe want to reprint this book. This is a small book. You see, do I have this book? That's the minimum. Did I bring that book there? I thought it was on top of the album. Let me see. Did I bring? Yes. This is a little smaller, but this is a book here, and uh, can be reprinted. There's no copyright on it, but it says the miracle of onions and garlic, which is a very good book. I can go anywhere in the world with, with, three, with three things. If I have onions and garlic and a lemon, 
I can go anywhere in the world and deal with people. Now I have traveled because I've gone to undeveloped countries and they don't have the things, you know. But that's why I put some of these things here. We're talking about onions, uh, the tomato. You know, we talked about the phytochemical. It's not only good as far as uh, the carbohydrates, but the tomato has a phytochemical called uh, lycopene. L-Y-L-Y-C-O-P-E-N-E, lycopene, lycopene. Now, lycopene is the chemical that gives the red pigmentation. It is an antioxidant. Research have already established that this definitely is good for prostate or cancer. And one of the things that Ellen White ate, loved the most of eating was tomatoes. You know she had cancer. That's right. She had cancer. She even had skin cancer. And tomatoes, she loves vermicella soup and tomatoes and therefore uh, was right back. Now, when I said that, you know, remember she was a sickly woman, I mean, a young girl. So it was then cancer, and not as a result of her health situation, I mean, her not following the laws, but when she first started off as a young girl, she was very sickly. And God gave her strength for following the health message. If she did not follow the health message, she would not have lived the way she lived. So when I say that, I want you to understand clearly what I'm talking about, you know, that you know, she didn't contract cancer because she, when she became a Christian, etc. Here is what we call the bell, bell pepper. This is better than the green pepper. Not saying that you should not eat the green pepper, but this also contains lycopene. This even has more, almost more vitamin A than your carrot. Now, in America, it's expensive, and the devil knows it's good. That's why he makes it expensive. I don't know how much it costs in the United Kingdom, but if you got a garden, it would be good to grow these things. Just eat them raw. But believe it or not, cooked tomatoes, you will derive the greater benefit from the lycopene when they are stewed or steamed than raw. That doesn't mean you cannot, cannot eat it raw, but when you cook them, it releases the lycopene. Cooked tomatoes, believe it or not. Okay? So here we find these things have medicine in it. Therefore, it should be a part of your daily diet. Let's see, can we move on here? So anyway, all of these foods here, I believe, are common in this country, and that's common, like nettle. When I went to Germany, Germany Australia, nettle grows wild. Everywhere. People just say it's a weed. But nettle, you know, stinging nettle. You can eat it as a green, but nettle has one of the highest source of chlorophyll. Nettle itself will boost up your iron level. It has phytoestrogen. And nettle is something that I use for cancer, for AIDS, for prostate problem. Nettles are good for the nerves. One of the most, I mean, it just grow wild. That's the medicine, God's pharmacy. Dandelion, in America, do it, do it grow here? It is the lawn keeper nightmare. Those who love beautiful lawns hate dandelion. <laughs> you can get the top, it's going to come. You know, you, I used to get the little flower. I love to see them just float. You know, uh, called uh, lion tooth, right? You know, because the, the leaves look like little lion teeth. 
but the root goes deep. And by cutting off the surface, you can forget it. It's going to come back deep. So dandelion greens are good food. We find dandelion is good for diabetes. Dandelion strengthens the liver. We find it's bitter because it has bitter, prop, bitter properties, like even like there's, there's a food called, there's a plant called golden seal. And there's a, a vegetable, a fruit called uh, grapefruit. And I'll talk about it in a moment as I try to get to this point. In the rind of the grapefruit, you find quinine or quinine, which we use for malaria and other things. So you have these bitter, these are phytochemicals. So within the dandelion, it's the long keeper nightmare, but it's a blessing to me. <laughs> you can take the roots, roast the roots if you want to, make dandelion coffee. That's if you want it. Aloe. There's over 300 different types of aloe plants. It grows in Africa. It's in the West Indies. I don't know if it grows here, but you can get aloe. In pots. But that's all right. But aloe, one of the most effective things that we use in dealing with AIDS. We have had this chemically analyzed. As we have trained some people from Africa, and I know a dear lady from Zambia, Zimbabwe, right? Not you, it was someone else, I, I think. Think there, yeah, okay. Who's from Zimbabwe? Okay, you're from Zimbabwe? The other lady, okay. But anyway, AIDS is very high there in that country. But we have a, uh, some individual there that went through our program, and even the government has given them an army-based clinic, and they have, they have been very effective taking our plan in dealing with AIDS there because the government there in, in Africa don't have a plan. And so what the dear sister wanted to know about aloe because aloe grows plenty there in that country. But she wanted to know could it be used dried. So we had it, had it analyzed in Texas and the dried aloe has the same phytochemicals as the fresh aloe. And so we use aloe. So you go down. Figs. Phytoestrogen. Every woman needs to eat a little figs. It's good estrogen and iron. And here at Gaisley, they have a nice book, which you're already familiar, The Miracle of the Lemon. And one thing about the lemon, what I do with the lemon, the lemon is good to take. Now, you can squeeze lemon. Lemon, because it's acid, but it's turned alkaline. So you can squeeze it on your greens. It would help digestion, high in potassium. But it has a phytochemical called limonene. Limonene. L-I-M. Limo. L-I-M-O-N-E-N-E. Limonene. This orange has limonene. <laughs> that gives the color. Are you know what I'm saying? These are what you call... Uh, antioxidants, again, cancer-inhibited properties. And so, lemon is good to cleanse your face, get blemish out. Lemon is good, it might be a little expensive, but lemon is good to, to, to rinse your hair after shampoo, to neutralize uh, the dandruff, to, to regulate the pH in your scalp. 
to regulate. Now, in Papua New Guinea, they use coconut. That would be expensive here in this country, but they use coconut. They just take fresh coconut, get the meat out of it, soak it in water, squeeze it, and wash their hair. It comes out nice, clean. But lemon is good to neutralize, you know, the acid. Face. But also what I use lemon for is for cataracts. Cataracts. Now, cataracts, how many know what cataracts are? You know, the opaque of the eye, calcium deposit begins to uh, pr produce a lens because the body is trying to protect the eye from invasion of free radicals through radiation. Are you following what I'm saying? A lot of folks watch TV at night, close up. Other chemicals, there are some people who are welders, they use the torch, the uh, flame, and that can also cause problems. Sitting in, that's right, you know, sitting in front of the computer would do the same thing. So cataracts, some, sometimes they become operable. But however, what I do, put a person on God's plan, roll the lemon, squeeze the juice of it, strain it. And I, I used to carry me empty bottles with little droppers, you know. You don't have to have a bottle, just a dropper. Hmm? And uh, I used to demonstrate it. Don't have time, but I use it demonstrated on people. And people come up and I demonstrate on it. And believe it or not, I just drop two drops of lemon juice in the eye. Now <laughs> you wanna try? You wanna I take you home. I should have I should have had this ready. Let's let you try. Because most people have a problem. Now, then you have a cold rag. You have a cold towel, real cold, and you sit and drop it, and you just put the cold towel over your eye. Don't, you don't rub it. You just pull it, and that just kind of, for a few seconds, it stings, but that's it. That's it. Eye turn red after 15, maybe 10 minutes, it clears up. Now, what really helped me to, to really appreciate this, I was in New Zealand giving a school, and I was going to demonstrate all of this. And there was a dear lady from the, I think she was, uh, I don't know if she was Fijian or Samoan. But she said, Brother Jackson, she said, you know, something interesting. My uncle used to, they, they didn't have lemon, they had lime trees. He said, my uncle used to just pluck the lime from the tree and squeeze lime in the eye. You ever heard of that? I said, you know, that's very interesting because that's what I'm going to demonstrate this afternoon. So people have been doing it for days, for years. You see, what happens the lemon not has is alkaline, and therefore, because I use lemon on the outside, it also helps to dissolve calcium. And since it has this limonene, it's antioxidant. It increased the oxygen content coming through the optical, through the through the lens of the eye. And so we find then that it helps to break up that calcium calcium deposit, and because I realized that cataract is nothing but arthritis of the eyeballs. No, I don't use lemon for glaucoma. I use other things, especially clay poultice. I use clay poultice for glaucoma and also put them on a program because that's the pressure on the back of the eyes. I find another point that I was bringing up with this um, cataracts, but however, I use honey also, raw honey, unfiltered. If you buy honey that has been pasteurized and heated, it's no good. But if you get honey from the beehive and then you thin it out, a couple drops at night in the corner of your eye is good for cataracts. 
Therefore, we find that these things, people have used it. People, oh, yes, I know what I can say. For pink eyes, pink eyes. You know what pink eye is? Infection of eyes. You know, eyes turn red and uh, you get eyelids. Then you can use lemon for infection. Now, if you, if you, if you kind of feel shaky with it, you can dilute it 50-50. But when I, if I get an infection in my eye, I use lemon. My wife tell you, I just drop lemon. I drop lemon in my eyes. I will also, you know, sometimes if I do an eye wash, I will dilute 50% water with lemon, give me an eye cup, and I'll rinse my eyes out. That's just lemon for cataracts. Let's move on. Uh, common, so watercress. How many for me watercress? High in iron. Well, we know about melons, broccoli. Now, I put these foods up not just for, you know, for diet, but all these foods contain medicinal properties, and I don't have much time to deal with that. Why I put brown rice up here? Because brown rice contains medicinal property, and I've used brown rice mixed with garlic to deal with diabetes. Just put them on a brown rice and garlic diet for a few days, and that lower they need for insulin. Beets, high in iron, chamomile, you familiar with chamomile, peppermint, cassava. My West Indies friends know about cassava, but cassava will help to get rid of uric acid out of the body. It's good for arthritis. You see? Rosemary grows there in the, in the West Indies, grows there in New Zealand. These are things around the world. Therefore, God's plan. Let me just conclude and giving you a recipe on this final thing. And then we are finished with our presentation. You have a sheet. I'll just put this back because that's my last slide. You have a, a you, you receive the sheet, and I know most of you all probably did not get one, but however, you know, just contact us. But some of the things I talked about on that sheet, on, on the overhead, such as the use of cabbage, you know, it explains. Now, the phytochemicals is in a different program that we have. We didn't hand that out. But we just want to give you a little information on the value of food. You, you have a pharmacy in your garden. You have a pharmacy in your refrigerator. You have a pharmacy in your kitchen cabinet. Now, if you happen to be a sugar eater, and I'm quite sure after this, this program, you're probably going to get rid of Sugar Bowl Pete, but sugar is good for something. I do use sugar for something on the outside of the body. When people have ulcerated sores on their legs, I pour sugar into the wound. It's anaerobic. I just pour sugar. Now, if anybody worked in the hospitals, they used to use sugar for cubic sores. I don't know nobody's no nursing here, what have you, but they used to use sugar for cubic sores, you know, bed sores. We pour sugar. And what happens, that wounds, the sugar bubbles and dissolves. When it stops bubbling, you know, it has activated. Then you finish with it. And then that wound will turn a bright red. Now you can move on to apply your other remedies to it. 
And therefore, it facilitates the healing process. So when I go into homes doing house-to-house medical missionary work to people who are not Adventists and et cetera, and they're sick, I said, what you got in your... I was in a home about several weeks ago. This guy had a serious headache and a few other things. And I said, what you got in your kitchen cabinet? So I go up there, and I find some things. And I begin to apply, and it helps the man. And so, therefore, I just wanted you to know, sugar is good for something on the outside. What it does, that since it's anaerobic, what it, 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 it tends to cut off the, the, um, the oxygen uh, on a surface level that gives the body internally a time to activate, you know, uh, the flow of red blood cells to kill off the infection. And that's what the sugar actually does because sugar, you know, uh, since it's an empty calorie, and therefore it contains no oxygen, and um, we find that those bacterias, infection, they love to be in a place where there's no oxygen. So the sugar provides that environment, so the sugar just absorbs, and so they can dissipate. You find what I'm saying? That's why we call it anaerobic effect. Now, the last thing now... Um, on here, on the back of your sheet, you see, you, you saw a recipe, nature's penicillin. And I want to explain this, so for clarification, and I was going to demonstrate this, I told Lord, but we didn't get a grapefruit, but it would be good if you have a blender, and I usually demonstrate all of this, but, you know, get you a blender, and if you cannot, if you cannot afford a blender, those people... Then I used to tell them they can both cook this slightly. They, they can cut it up in a pot, slightly warm this stuff up, just slightly, and therefore you can still use it, those who don't have a blender. And so usually, you know, you have orange, uh, you have uh, a lemon, uh, we got uh, onion, and in here we have uh, garlic, garlic. And before I move on, I brought this uh, olive oil, and let me, in the book, even in that onion and garlic book, instead of going to the helpful store buying your garlic oil, make your own garlic oil. You take you some garlic and, and crush or mince up one cup of garlic. Now, I'll tell you how to do this without a blender. You take one cup of crushed garlic, put it into a jar, and you have to put a cup, pour a cup of um, two cups of uh, olive oil over it, and close the lid. Put it, you know, just leave it out, you know, in the heat, and for seven days you let it stand, and you shake it every day for seven days. Then after the seven day, then you get your dog, you need a dog container if you can. If you don't have a dog container, then just cover it with some paper. Then you pour the, strain the liquid into the dog container. And that is your garlic oil. Garlic oil is good for ear infection. You can take a teaspoon of garlic for stomach flu. You can, you can uh, use garlic oil for infection in the nose. Uh, you can use garlic oils on skin eruption, but you know, that book, onion and garlic, 
will explain many use of garlic oil. So you don't have to buy the garlic oil. How long will it last? Well, you keep it in a, you know, you keep it in a dark, cool place. Therefore, uh, it might last up to six months. Can you refrigerate it? Well, you can refrigerate. If you refrigerate it, it'll last longer. Yes. Okay. So let us just end up with this last recipe. So this, how many, how many, did, everyone didn't get one of these, right? Okay. I'm just have to take a moment, give them this recipe. Write it down. One grapefruit. One orange. One grapefruit. One orange. And I should have had it on the board, but I'm sorry. Are you with me so far? Two lemons. Two lemons. Okay? Then you want to take three cloves of garlic. Now, how, uh, 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 in some countries, they don't call it cloves. So I want to be sure you understand what I'm talking about. All right, I just want to check now. I'm not, I'm not belittling. I just want to be for myself. Because when I say clove, people think about bugs. You want to take, you know, cloves. Some people call it pegs. Yes, right. So you want to take cloves, three of these. Okay? Three of these. Then you want to take one, a half, a half of a large onion. Okay? One half. A half. You got a whole onion, you take half of that. Are you with me so far? One grapefruit, one orange, two lemons, three cloves of garlic, one half of a large onion. Now, if you cannot get this other ingredients, this is what is peppermint oil. Not peppermint flavor. But if you cannot find it, no problem. Peppermint oil. You're familiar with peppermint oil. Okay? If you can get it, it's always good to have peppermint oil in your, in your bathroom uh, medicine cabinet. Now, this is what you do. Now, you do not peel the fruit. You peel the garlic and the onion, but you do not peel the fruit. Now, if you're concerned with the cleanliness of it, either you need to get, either you can use lemon, freshly squeezed lemon juice, about two to four ounces of that, and probably about a liter of water to wash real good, or you can use pure apple cider vinegar to cleanse it. Some of us are familiar with what we call food grade hydrogen peroxide to cleanse it. And therefore, that's how you, you, you want to wash it. So you wash the fruit thoroughly because inside the rind of the fruit, you have what you call bioflavonoids. Inside the rind of the grapefruit, not only bioflavonoids, but you have quinine. That's what gives the bitter taste. So even if you ate the orange, say you ate, eat the orange for a meal, it's always good to leave some of the white on the orange and the grapefruit because the bioflavonoids are there to facilitate the metabolism of the nutrients such as vitamin C. So it's good to leave a little skin on it. Okay? Now, what you do 
You're going to chop these things, dice them up, cut the fruit in small you know, pieces that you can put into the blender. Are you following me? But as my wife always say, before you chop the fruit, you want to roll that fruit so you get the juice. Build up the juice. Roll it real good so you get the juice. So you don't have to use water in mixing this. The only time you use water, if it's necessary, just a little water. But anyway, we put the liquid fruit in a little bit at a time, get it blend, then put the onions and the garlic, then the rest of the fruit. And it turns out to be creamy. It's not liquid. It's creamy, smooth. Are you following what I'm saying? It's creamy. Then the last thing, you will drop in here, in there, three drops of peppermint oil. This sheet explains the medicinal use. It gives you the reason why these things. Number one, they're high in vitamin C, number one. And the, this nature penicillin is good for colds, flu, sore throat, infections, respiratory problem, and to boost your immune system. Now, the last place I traveled, woman wrote me a letter. She gave it to her son. You know, children's hard to deal with it. But she said in 24 hours, it knocked the flu out. And that is not a fact. Everywhere I shared this around the world, people would testify. It's bitter, but it works if you follow everything else. So now, let me finish up. I see your hand. Then I'm, so when you do this, you, get, you have a jar, a little jar with a lid, and you pour all of it in a jar so you can uh, store it. You can store this in the refrigerator. It can last to a month. The longer you keep it, the stronger it gets. Now, you, <laughs> you use adults, 12 years and up, one cup a day. You don't drink this. You can spoon it. You can take a tablespoon and you don't want to gulp it down. You just want to mix it with your, you know, the saliva and let it slide on down. And you can, you know, so you can take, you know, based on your um, schedule, if you're fasting, there's no problem. But if you have, if you eat, then you just take one or two tablespoons, maybe one hour, then maybe three or four hours later, you know. You, you don't take the one cup at one time. Now, some people have done that, but I, don't, I wouldn't advise you to do that. Throughout the day. Are you following what I'm saying? Children, infant, those are walking, you know, walking children, two, three, you know, children that are walking. You know, some of them got babies in their arm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Four to five years. Four all the way up to 12. It's good to have wives. I'm serious. It helps grow in grace. <laughs> a half a cup. <laughs> a half a cup. Okay. All right. No, sir. You're right. Thank you, Jack. I don't think you would do it anyway. Some, some, some. What did I say? Oh, yes. Take it on. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, take it as when you're sick, when you got a flu. Once it's over with, finish. <laughs> yes, you're right. Now, if you store this in the refrigerator in the jar, okay. 
and I'm going to say you need another dose of it, another cup, just pour or take out of that jar the amount that you need. Okay? Now, what you got to do now, you're going to have to heat this up, but you do not want to put this mixture directly in a saucepan and turn heat on it. Either you got to put it in a jar, get some hot water, and set it in the hot water to warm it up. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what you do. Okay? And so, now that was a hand, then we've, that's a hand. Yes, ma'am. All right, yes, ma'am. No, 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 I'm not saying, okay, when I say, no, it doesn't have to be hot, but you don't want it cold. You want it room temperature. Oh, yes, when you bring it out of the refrigerator, I'm sorry. Yes, 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 ma'am. Oh, well, with the aloe vera plant, we, you, can take, you can open it up and take the meat or the pulp. You can do it one of two ways. I directly give it to people. You know, I open it up. I scrape the pulp out of it. Some people will cook the pulp. But I have normally given it straight, a teaspoon of that. That's not only good for the eggs, but I also use it for, um, um, there's uh, ulcerated colitis, Stomach problem, colon problems, digestive problems. So I just open the skin up and scrape the pulp out of it. That's for internal. Now, you know what you do when you got a burn or something. Yes. Okay, very good. Well, so in closing here, we just like to leave you with this. Again, that we believe that God's plan ultimately is designed for one purpose. It's not only just to give us health for the sake of health and the end of the program obedience as the goal and character building as its purpose that's the whole thing obedience as the goal we want to obey God we want to instruct people we can't we cannot force people we cannot twist people arm just like the gospel can you can you make people serve God but you but you share the truth in a loving way right you encourage them. You appeal to them. You, you give them ways. You show them practical ways of how to give their heart to the Lord. So the same way with the health message. And the reason you want people to give their hearts to the Lord because you want them to be saved. They want the character that will fit them for eternity. The health message and the gospel go hand in hand. And that's why we believe that this is the only plan. And as we have said, that health is a treasure. We should guard our health as well as our character. It should be sacred God. We should not be light with our health. And I'd like to say this to you. If you have a sickness, I want to encourage you to shift your focus from your particular sickness to the solution to your problem. If you dwell on your sickness all the time, I don't care what it is, it will become so uh, devastating and severe that it affects your whole thinking pattern. So focus not on that I want to get overcome cancer. I don't want I want to overcome underweight, overweight. I want to overcome diabetes. You want to focus on being healthy. Are you following what I'm saying? That's your focus. And so we find that God is so good to us. And God's plan is a decided before Brother uh, Richard Cummins, we just like to thank you all personally. Uh, 
the Humphreys, the Rose, uh, Brother Roy, and all the people at Gaisley. And as we had scheduled to come here, Laura, in the warm time of the year, but our schedule did not uh, allow us to do that. But we were blessed to see people still to come out to meet new faces. We're sorry we're so short. You might be information overload by now. But I hope that one thing that we realize out of all this, if you don't remember the phytochemicals, uh, you don't remember uh, the symptoms of cancer, that these eight laws is very simple. Just use what you know. Share what you have. That's the way I started 23 years ago. The more you share, same way sharing your faith, God give you more. Share with other people. I guarantee you, God, when you leave here, God going to give somebody to you to share this health principle, these health principles. If, they, if it doesn't do that, you write, you tell, I guarantee you, he's going to give you somebody that you're going to be able to share these health principles with. And you might not know all the intricacy, but you know these basic programs. And so we thank you for that. We want you to lift us, keep us in prayer as we pray for the ministry here and all the other ministries. And uh, let, me, let me put my address as you come up on the board here. Um, first of all, this is just a personal thank you uh, for attending our program. May God bless you from my wife and myself and uh, those who did not uh, have it. Uh, I think if you get one of our catalogs, you'll have our worldwide page. But if you didn't, this is our address. Most loving Father in heaven, how exciting it has been to be here at Gaisley this weekend and to hear the Jacksons educate us on this health message. Most of us have heard the message before and have become health reformers already. But this has been a different message. This has been a message of purifying our health reform, of improving on it, to purify not only our blood, but our relationship with you. Lord, we see how close at hand your soon coming is. We see the time of trouble looming ahead of us, and we know that we need to be stronger to live through that time, not only physically but spiritually, and this plan can help us to achieve both. So, dear Father, help everyone here consecrate their lives to you and allow you to give us the grace to implement this plan to change our lives so that we can glorify thy name in our spiritual existence and our our flourishing health and we pray these things in the name of the one who we want to glorify because he loved us and came and died for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.